following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts of extraordinary character, Mr. Chris Holmes and Stefan Dragonspawn. How are we today, Chris? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Extraordinary character. Hmm. I'm liking the stretch you're making there. With that, um, it, well, I had you a very... guys bring up the the, <laughs> the quality of my life with your extraordinary character, the two of you. Um, I'm I'm jealous, or not jealous? I'm blushing right now. <laughs> so I had a virgin experience today, everybody. Oh, um, oh. I Cherry smoked a salmon today for the Ooh. first time, and holy fuck, it turned out good. So, there we go. That's like some, you know, some meat talk there. Um, speaking of meat right. talking, Stefan, how you doing? <laughs> I need a stiff drink after that. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Just very busy at work, but uh, having some some fun with you guys on the show. Uh, recording on a Friday instead of Sunday. Yes, we are. Okay, because we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. And who is that special guest there, Tony? Well, we have brought on Mr. Guillaume Tardif, and that's as best as I can get on my pronunciation, good sir. To, oh, very good. To, uh, well, first of all, celebrate his birthday yesterday. Congratulations. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah. Turned 21, right? <laughs> 35, actually. Oh, 35. He's a young Still pup. a young and. <laughs> You're on with some old grognards tonight, young whippersnapper. Well, I've got I've got your age, but backwards, fifty three. <laughs> yep. And we've invited Guillaume on to discuss his setting, one of the opening forays into the Foundry, the Inquisition yes. setting. Mm-hmm. So why don't we jump on over into that? Very yes. good. everybody well welcome to the people of genesis um i don't really have a a sing-songy thing for that but i am going to introduce guillaume welcome to the show buddy who are you give me give us your elevator pitch who are you (laughs) all right (laughs) so um i've been playing tabletop rpg since the last 20 years or so uh i've never been into like professional writing, freelancing before Genesis, even though I've been game mastering Dungeon and Dragons for years. Uh, dabble a bit in Vampire the Masquerade, as well as Legend of Five Rings. 
But okay. Dungeon and Dragon was always my things until Genesis came out, basically. Cool. So, uh, and at at the core in my daily life, I'm an IT guy and a father of two children, and husband to a beautiful wife. Oh, nice. look at that, dude! You're yeah, he's young. <laughs> he's, he's got it down. He's, he's got, got it down. down. He's got it. He knows. He's got it. Well done, <laughs> sir. Well happy done. Happy wife, well, happy life. That's, that's right. <laughs> Forget about it. Okay, so what did you cut your teeth on? Your RPG teeth on? What? Uh, probably D and D. I'm guessing. What version? Yeah, it was basic D and D back in elementary school. Started like mm-hmm. in sixth grade. Nice. Uh, I played that for. I don't know, maybe like a year or two and switched to advanced D&D. Uh, played that until 3.5 came out. Mm-hmm. So after that, I played that for a while until I got Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I will always have been within the D20 system. And mm-hmm. I only like played a vampire game on the side, but nothing much. And um, then at some point I was getting... Because I, I'm the guy... Uh, who is stuck with with always being the game master? Of course. Like for yeah, all okay. these years, <laughs> I've always been the game master because nobody else seems to want to do it or feel they could do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I always been that guy. Mm-hmm. So at some point, I got kind of bored of this uh, because we were playing weekly, like for I don't know, ten years or so, wow. multiple campaigns and all that, switch players, but but. Like we, we played a lot, and at some point I just got bored, and we started to play board games in, instead. So got into board games, and at some point we played Imperial Assault from Fantasy oh, Flight yeah. Games. All right. And uh, one of the player was uh, one of my buddy uh, went like, oh, I think they it will it will be cool if we were to play a Star Wars role playing game. And at that time, uh, Edge of Empire was out, Age of Rebellion as well, but I. I think Force of and Destiny wasn't out yet. Okay. So I was, okay, well, why not? I, we can try. So I bought the Edge of the Empire uh, beginner, beginner box, played mm-hmm. the game, and oh, that, that was great. I, will, I really love the, the, the narrative dice system and all that. So we basically just switched to Star Wars. Cool. And, but thing is that I... I don't know why, but I, I have some trouble dealing with game mastering a sci-fi space opera game. I'm not sure why exactly. Maybe like the world is too big. I'm mostly used to medieval stuff, right? So yeah. I don't know. The, the universe was just too vast for me. So I was like, okay, maybe I can try to make some kind of fantasy adaptation of Star Wars. So I started working on this. And finally, I don't remember what happened, but I just stopped. And after that, there was the announcement of Genesis coming on. So I was like, oh, this is what I need to build my world and play. Cool. Get it off the shelf, dust it off. and (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) basically. Nice. Nice. So I think you might have answered the the next question when you you started playing. So what's next there, Tony? (laughs) <laughs> um, well, cool. so who or what inspired you to write this and actually produce it as a product? Well, at first, before, because i always been world building. I, I never really, within all my years of game mastering, I basically made up my own universe and my own campaigns and stuff. Cool. Until at the end, I was kind of lacking exploration, so I borrowed from the Pathfinder Adventure Path. Okay. But... For the rest, all the games we played, it was my own creation. 
And so I started working on Inquisition before uh, before Foundry was actually a thing. So the earlier version of the product had full of artwork for which I don't own any copyrights, <laughs> and it was already shared uh, publicly within the um, the like the, the the Discord server, the Facebook group, and all. Uh, and th there was not a goal behind like I want to sell that stuff because at that point it was not even something that I could think of. I just wanted to share the stuff I was doing with people because I came up with talents and all stuff like that. And uh, when the Foundry became a thing, since I was uh, I wasn't the secret of Foundry before it actually was revealed because I, I was a Foundry day one product, right? So when I, it was, um, I think it was Brett that uh, that invited me inside the. Uh, inside the group, and I was like, oh, I could do something with Inquisition, make it a product, make it like an, not an official product, but like something like you could see in the store of Fantasy Flight games, right? right? So I just started to fill the holes uh, f f in order to make it a complete product, something that someone could purchase and feel like they, they got the whole thing, right? Right, yeah. Good source book, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. very good. Very Thank good. you. Cool, cool. All right, what's Stephen. the next one there, Stefan? Yeah, the next question that we have is, uh, do you have any advice for anyone, contributors for the Genesis Foundry, whether it's for a new setting, an existing setting, or an adventure for either? Uh, Playtest. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> playtest. You, you want to be sure, like, because it's easy to come up with a talent or a mm. piece of gear or a new spell or whatever. So, and you're like, oh, that... that you just look at it and, oh, it, it looks great. So I'm just going to put that in my right. book. But the way you use it, maybe someone will use it another way or something. And mm. like at some point, oh, well, if I have that talent or that piece of gear, it's just completely like screw my whole setup or whatever. And actually, I had some, some kind of situation like this with Inquisition. So yes, okay. so you want to play test. And like, don't be afraid at first because... To, to share with people, at least s s some people, because w when you start up with your first product, you're basically a nobody at that point. So it's not like just because you shared like with, I don't know, a dozen people you're used to talk about on the, on the web and all that. It's not like you're, you won't be able to sell any more books after that, right? So, so you just need these different opinions from different people that have a different uh, vision of what you wrote different point of view yeah. yeah exactly different point of view and then you can come up with a better product nice. because coming up with a, because I, I basically did inquisition like on my own sure i got different point of views from from friends but like I, i'm the sole author of this and mm. it's it's something really big to do like yeah. Yeah. fantasy flight games had a team for this like a, a bunch of free, 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 uh, freelance writers and all that. So coming up with a setting on your own and Inquisition, mm -hmm. I think it's actually pretty big for a setting. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, so, 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 so you want to have someone else check your work because right. sometimes you think, oh, this is good. And then someone is like, ah, maybe she, you should not do this. And yeah, this is another example of it, it happens a lot with Inquisition during the process of writing that book. Right. Gotcha. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Good advice. Good advice. So, you said so you so you've been world building yep. over your entire gaming career. You said any advice you give somebody to, when they if they want to start from world building is it starting from the sandbox 
you know, small out, big in. What what would you like to share? Uh, in my case, I always go with. Well, I need a, pl- uh, a group of players first because writing from scratch and you don't know if the stuff you're writing is actually going to interest some people. You might you might do all this work for nothing because you don't know if if your product is going to sell first, and you don't know it, it, will there be people actually interested in playing this. Mm-hmm. And if it's not the case, well, the fact that you don't know, you might not have the same motivation as if someone is actually reading. Like, uh, did you did you like wrote new lines or something? So in my case, before because I wanted to create a setting for Genesis, I wanted to play Genesis. So I asked the players I was most likely going to play with. Would you be interested in that kind of setting? Like, mm-hmm. I was thinking like a low fantasy thing because I got kind of bored of, but not bored, but exhaust of Pathfinder, which was my previous system. Pathfinder with all the magic items you have, like it's, yeah. it's like it's really high fantasy. And I have that player that plays with me a lot, and he's just not into magic at all. Like he's always like the, the warrior type or something because like he doesn't want to learn a spell list of 100 spells and all that. So, <laughs> and okay, I, I got money. I got to browse a magic item shop and all this. And it's just like there are books and books and books and, uh, in Pathfinder of magic gear and all. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, would you be interested in something most low fantasy? It's still going to be medieval stuff, but they won't be that 100 uh, playable species. And like, it's just going to mm-hmm. be low magic and all that. So, so since I, I had already a group that was interested in what I wanted to create in my ideas that gave me uh, motivation to actually write that setting mm-hmm. and then there'll be maybe we should play in- test and stuff too yeah, cool. yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead and and maybe we should and maybe we should introduce your friend to eric lamoureux who also doesn't like magic items <laughs> <laughs> oh he doesn't <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know like that. especially not in savage world anyway <laughs> <laughs> awesome <laughs> all right well um so you said you GM. How often do you get to GM nowadays with the little ones and uh, the, <laughs> all the things going on in your life right now? Have you been GMing lately? Oh, not that much, really. Uh, not in real life. I mean, I, I play play-by-post games. I, I'm running two, gen- uh, two Inquisition games right now uh, on Discord as play-by-post. But actually playing the game now, like, I had my, my phase of playtesting when I was writing the product. But then, like, I, I have my two kids. My brother, which is one of my players, just had his second son as well. And I have another player which has three kids of his own so yeah we we, we got a, <laughs> we got busy lives right so mm-hmm. uh over the last year i clearly did not played as much as i would have wanted to but before that i've played like every every week or every other week mm-hmm. and it's all and i'm always the game master well give it six or, <laughs> give it six or seven years you're gonna have plenty of little little rpgers to pull from to play, well, you're, 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 <laughs> introduce the next you're generation creating, to role play. You're creating gamers, so exactly. I mean, yeah, I yeah, play, basically. I, I play every other Friday night. I play with a ten-year-old and eleven-year-old, my buddies, two of my buddies' sons. So, um, introducing them to Dungeons and Dragons and freaking Rust Monster the other night for the first yeah. time. You know, I'm like, oh yes, <laughs> come on, classic. destroy his axe, destroy his axe, come on, make it go to dust, you know? So it's yeah. good, good stuff. Some I, classic. I, I'm trying to do the same. My, my six-year-old daughter, uh, okay. I just made her play uh, the Labyrinth board game. 
And I don't love know if you know game. that game. Oh, I love it. My daughters love it too. That's great. Yeah, so so it's like her first dungeon, kind of. There's just nice. no one to fight yet. There you and go. I took out I took out my dice bag uh, a few a few weeks back, and she just loved rolling the dice. Cool. So yeah. If you like a, that no. game, if you like that game, the the Dark Crystal game is pretty neat too. Made by the same people. Oh so, really? Yeah, I'm gonna have nice. to take it. I, I don't know that game. I'm gonna have to check it. Okay. Yeah. Based on the the movies. Okay. So this is where we would insert, say, questions from our listeners who did a bang-up job of providing us with absolutely none. Yeah. <laughs> well done, to go, both of people you. People out there, all, all tens of you. Tens uh, well, of you, Yeah, maybe. we're back to tens again. We, and I did I did try to reach out and say to people, hey, Guillaume will be on the show next week. Send us your, your questions if you have any. So that's an indicator Crickets. of two things. Either one, we have really lazy fans. <laughs> or two, Guillaume, your product is so good, they have no questions. That's right. So <laughs> or everyone is just, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So let's That's get into the stuff but... specific to Inquisition itself. Yeah. All right. So, And I think you answered the first one organically earlier, and that was the, how did the concept of it evolve. You want to go to uh, lower, so... low fantasy, yeah. <laughs> so, Stefan, would you want to uh, read the next one in line there? Sure, sure. The second question is, how long did you work on this to be ready to share with people? And was there some playtesting involved, which I probably... <laughs> I guess, maybe. I guess there was. Better uh, yes, and I have, and I have a, a little... Still, uh, how long did it take to get ready? Sorry about playtesting with this. Um, okay, but good. I've been working on Inquisition, I'd say... Well, actually, when Genesis came out, I started working on it from the start because I was already uh, used to the narrative dice system. So I did not have to like just get used to the system, play a couple of games to understand how the, the, the mechanics uh, were, were, were going. Right. So, so from the start of Genesis, I started working on, on that setting, and but it, it was more like just when I have some kind of free time. I it, it was a when I didn't have any people to play video games with or whatever, I, I was still working on that. But when Foundry became a thing, the deadline was about, uh, it was just maybe three months away or something when I learned of the, uh, when I was invited inside the, um, the development team for this. So from that point, it was like all my free time was Right. About writing this, like oh, wow. the, the kid, the, the kids uh, went to bed, and I okay, I, I got to write stuff because okay. it's a large project, and at that point, I wasn't sure I will I will be ready for the deadline. Gotcha. So, but overall, yeah, the the, the project started like the first of Genesis, so it was like what three years ago or something. Yeah, I think it was three years. So. We're going on a third year. Yeah, now. already. Cool. And uh, playtesting, yeah, playtesting was, <laughs> yeah, playtesting involved important, important point. So for any of you doing yeah. a setting or some products, some mm-hmm. foundry product, playtest it. And it's even more important for foundry product because people are actually paying for this. Like if you're just making up stuff and sharing it for free, like if you playtest it, it's even better. But if not, well, it's okay anyway. People just got it for free, right? But if people right. are paying for that stuff, even if it's just like one dollar or two, they expect something that has been tested, right? True. And one funny thing about this is the um, the uh, the alchemical silver craftsmanship option in the book. Okay. The, the the metal you're using to fight monsters, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
thing is that uh, over playlisting, the mechanic was different for uh, for silver. It, I was basically okay. uh, using burn at that point for for silver, and the idea behind was that monster where only like you could only defeat a, you have only chance to defeat a monster if you had silver weaponry because else you you're not just gonna pass soak right mm -hmm. because all the monsters have eye soak values uh, except for the dam because they have to be playable as well but every monsters are tough right so there was that that uh, that quest where the players well it's actually the dying light adventure module that is actually uh, available on the foundry as well so i'm not going to spoil but at the end they're fighting a supernatural creature and that fight took forever because they weren't able to actually damage the thing like they just inflicted a single wound or two like even on a successful roll right they just inflicted a damage or two the burn wasn't doing anything because it wasn't bypassing soak because ah, the, the base damage of the weapon wasn't bypassing soak, so it was just kind of useless. Okay. And the, the, the creature was not an actually... Um, it was more of a mental, like... Because I don't want to spoil anything, but it was not a, a fighter-type okay. creature. Yeah. So, and okay. the tank of the, of the team was just so good at parrying that mm. he basically soaked the whole thing, or deflected, like... So... It was just a fight between like that creature <laughs> and the, the uh, right. <laughs> it made, I, I, it's, it was not even a monster hunter. Right. Uh, anyway, they just fought forever, like dealing one damage each time, and like it right. took forever. You know so, what that reminded me of? That reminds me. Of, I just watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and that right there reminds me of the fight between um, what's her name, the vampire woman, um, Mina Harker, oh, yeah. and yeah. Dorian Gray. That fight Dorian that they Gray. had, and they were just they just. <laughs> Well, come on, let's just keep fighting. <laughs> well, it's that each one is pretty much immortal, then you can't well, be defeated yeah. in last yeah, special condition. So. <laughs> there you go, Jamie. There's your hit point. Your hit point <laughs> bashing each other. So um, so uh, I'll take the next one there, Tony. Okay, go ahead. Um, so you did. So you did share this community. You did share this product as a free product to, yeah, with the community the beforehand. That's that's where I first saw it. Um, what point did you say, "Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to share it with the community." What what point was that for you? What was that completion point? Back when it was a free product, like before yeah. Foundry, right? Right, and then and then if you want, what, what was the completion point? What goals did you set for yourself to to put it on the Foundry as well? So, Whichever. well, in order to to have the setting actually playable and feel kind of complete. I needed at least few. Well, I needed archetypes because since mm -hmm. there was no other playable species than humans, so I needed the archetypes because I, I I will not go with just like the the um, average human intellectual aristocrat and laborer right. from the core book. So I need I needed more stuff, right? So mm -hmm. I made cool. uh, a few a few new archetypes. I needed carriers, a bunch of team talents. In, okay. in that case, I, I borrowed a lot from the uh, realms of Terranath because it's fantasy nice. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just had a couple talents, new archetypes, and the, 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 the most unique rule set of Inquisition is witchcraft. So I worked yeah. under witchcraft. And at first, I think that's basically what I had. Like, I did not have much adversaries. I think I had, like, the Templar and the Pope, mm -hmm. and that's about it. Um, the gear was just like, I was just like, oh, just use whatever is from Realm of Terranath. Uh, so I, it was just like 
playable, but there was a lot of stuff lacking. And when the foundry, like, okay, you'll be able to share, to, to sell that product, I wanted a quality product. So I had to rework some stuff because I was borrowing too much stuff from the other books. Okay. And uh, I also wanted as well to have more lore on, like, more meat on the bone. Because rules is, is a thing, but when you're doing a setting, yeah. But, but, and uh, you want something like you want a universe with lore, actual places, cities, kingdoms, and all that. A while back uh, before Foundry, it was kind of a generic low fantasy thing. Like there wasn't even a, a world map yet. No kingdoms. It was just like the basic idea. Prophet's Landing was mentioned, but that's pretty much it. And I even had that person uh, from Discord, I think, or maybe it was Facebook. That gave the review of my free product, uh, saying that you you basically did a generic setting of a generic game. <laughs> but, but basically, yeah. basically, That's one thing you gotta yeah, if you're gonna put it out on the internet, I'm sure you've got to deal with the uh, the negative criticism now and again. Yeah, the but, good and right. the bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and when you're you're doing a product and to put it on the web, you have to be ready for this. Like, if you cannot yeah. stand negative criticism, just just don't share stuff. But, but that was the, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, good that advice. Was, That's good advice. Yeah, but that was the free version, so you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, so from that point, well, at least when Foundry, Foundry was presented to us, I was like, okay, I need some, I, I need some lore on this. Like the mechanics mm -hmm. was doing great. I just added some few talents here and there and adversaries, but yeah, I needed more stuff, and also I I wanted to have more. Um, because the, the, the product back then was just like the, the rules, like a reference for like, oh, what, what, what is the, that talent doing? And you just look at it. But what I needed is <laughs> kind of a game mastering part. Because I, since I was the, the, the sole game master of that sitting at that point, I already knew like what's going to be the, the dynamic between the church and the witches and all that. But if I was to sell that book, I need to put words on this. So for the 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 the, the, the person that yeah. will uh, buy it, they're gonna read that that part and oh, this is how the the universe works. It's it's more than just gotcha. witchcraft uh, spells and new talents. There's something about how the, the the kingdoms interact with each other, and they're gonna right. they're, they're gonna be able to to run the game the right well, not the right way, but like kind of closer to what I was thinking before releasing the product. Once gotcha. it get it from from your head to, to paper or in this case, you know, a computer. So put all those in, all those ideas down so that you can people can understand what you, where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, when I read through the book, uh, yeah, I, I could see inspiration maybe from stuff like The Witcher or a darker version of a Pendragon setting, darker Europe. You know, no 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 magic. Or very, very, very little magic. It's only the bad guys that have access to it. Yeah, I never played uh, Pendragon, but my m my um, main inspiration were coming from yeah, The Witcher was one mm -hmm. for for the, the the Monster Hunter part because Monster yeah. Hunter is, is basically a Witcher, right? Yeah. Uh, the thing about Templars and witches was inspired by the Dragon Age uh, series. Okay. And uh, the Inquisition in the background. Uh, what's a, sorry, was a background thing uh, for a game I was playing at that point, which is Graveyard Keeper. 
it's just like mm. a sim game, but it, you're basically running a, a graveyard and whatever. But uh, mm. in the background, you have an Inquisition going on, and the game is just hilarious because it's they, it's not a serious game. And, they, mm. and there is that Inquisitor that is basically trying to make a show of witch burnings. <laughs> so like, like, like mm-hmm. at some point they 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 are asking you to to build a kiosk and sell burgers and beer during the burning and it, it's just it, it's absurd. <laughs> but but mm-hmm. I was playing that game at that point and I was like, that's that's a fun idea to have like the church <laughs> actually messing up people and their life and all that mm-hmm. and just burning innocence and whatever. So yeah, so the, these are my main inspirations. So uh, graveyard keeper, witcher, dragon age, and a bit as well of darkest dungeon. For, for the grim part of it, right? Okay. Um, yeah, even a, probably even a bit of Barovia from running D and D for all those years. Yes, yeah. the various iterations of uh, of uh, Curse of Strahd. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, their fifth edition take on it was great. The way they expanded right. it, that's really well done. All right, what do we got next here, so, Tony? The next question was actually mine, but I have a preface for this now. Um, when we interviewed uh, Scott Zumwalt. Uh, on our last show, he mentioned to us that um, he actually gave gave you permission to use his talents of the werewolf and vampire. Uh, now, are all those his, or did you expand upon those? Yeah, yeah. Well, we basically because that's part of the playtesting, right? So, I, I wanted to do werewolves and vampires. Uh, back uh, back then, Gravewalker wasn't a thing, uh, so I wanted to do vampires and werewolves. And Scott and I w- already uh, had that friendship. So when I, I asked him a question, oh, I was thinking doing this and, uh, and that, and he, he was just like, well, I'm actually working on something similar as well, so we could like work together on this. So he basically had basically had all the the, the work done already. Like he already had the talents, but he, they. He showed him to me, and I was like, "Oh, th- these are super great, but maybe that talent shall be adjusted like here and there." So, so we, I, I basically just gave my opinion of the talents, and he had just adjusted some stuff. We, we worked some talents, but like the main idea, the main like when you're looking at talent, like the, the title of a talent and, and what's the purpose, it's his idea. Oh, excellent! So, so he's the mastermind behind it. <laughs> I, I just like contributed a bit to make mm-hmm. them more uh, more great, and after nice. that. I just wanted to go with the uh, with the Gravewalker, so I borrowed from that talent base uh, oh, variation of a character, so to speak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the template. So yeah, I just work with that, and I wanted because if you you're looking at the um, the talents, you see there there's a recurring theme. Like for example, Vampire is all about the strain economy. Like you, you, pretty much every talent is going to cost you strain to use, and mm. they have to drain to 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 drink blood to recover their strain. So and and the the, the werewolf has, has its own thing as well. So for the Gravewalker, I wanted to have a, a, something similar. Uh, so I got it. I think I got a, not all talents, but I, a, a fair portion of the talents for for the for the Gravewalker using the story points. There, there is that talent uh, that basically is the. It's penalizing the game master if they're pulling up on story points. Like if, if the game master has more story points than the players, you had, and I think it's an advantage on all checks you do, you do or something like this. So like. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. Cool. So so, yeah, so cool. basically, the, the game master has to 
to, to, to spend story points. And as the Gravewalker, you want to have that bonus, so you're trying to give back story points to the to the Game Master, right? <laughs> oh, it's kind of a game. It's, so, so, so it's, really, it's really a cool thing. That's cool. And I don't know if you looked at the how you become a Gravewalker. Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's actually pretty pretty funny because you have to die in order to become a great walker. So, so yeah. you have a talent that makes you more vulnerable to death, more powerful at the same time. So you basically you're taking that talent, knowing you're you're gonna die because from that point you cannot heal critical injuries. But but you're stronger, so you just like fight like hell until you fall and from that point you get become again. maybe I should have given uh, uh, Big Amos that talent, but anyhow. <laughs> Um, you, there's so, still time, Tony. We we will be pausing before the end yeah, of the day if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, the follow up to all that then was the question that's in the show notes here, and that is, your setting offers a lot of monstrous character options. That's with the uh, werewolf, the vampire, the the grave walker, and the witchborn, and um, but your overall setting theme says those are the bad guys. Um, majority of your character options, so to speak, are not usable for that type of play if you choose. So, I'm just curious as to the design choice. Was that kind of that all that stuff was added after the fact? No, actually not. Um, thing is that, well, there there's one section of the book I remember talking about like not having... Uh, damned or witchborn players in, in the in the group, uh, which is at the end. There's a in the uh, in the game yeah, mastering, section. yeah, mm-hmm. the game mastering section, the chapter four. There is a, a section called a damned party, and yeah, I recommend. <laughs> well, I'm not recommending to not having such character, but I'm recommending to not have a party of such characters, because thing with Inquisition is like at first glance. The church may be the good guys, and the like the damned and the witchborns are the bad guys. But it's not actually that easy. The the church is not is not good, the good guys, and they're not the bad guys as either. They're basically just an organization that is that 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 has their own set of, of uh, values and all, and they're just trying to make what they feel is right. So they're trying to help the people, like they're protecting the people, right? Uh, so 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 they run like the orphanage and taking care of the sick and all that. But at the same time, from their perspective, witches are evil. So in order to defend the people, they have to hunt witches. And right. thing is that, in like, it's not like they they have modern uh, methods of proving someone is actually a witch. So, yeah, it happens that people are mistaken. No DNA testing? Yeah. <laughs> no float. If she weighs the same as a duck, she's got to go. That's right. Or if she floats. <laughs> right? If she, sinks, if she sinks, she wasn't a witch. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So, so, basi- so basically, you have people getting branded as a witch, and they're burned down, and mm-hmm. since it's it, it runs in the blood, so their family is going to be killed as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it's it, it's not like if if we're looking at a classical fantasy setting. So let's say Pathfinder, Dungeon and Dragons, or maybe like I don't know, Lord of the Rings or whatever. The nobles, the people ruling the ruling class, they're good people in, in these setups. Like they are exception, of course, but overall they're just like presented as 
mostly noble people trying to 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 to, to help their 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 folk and be prosperous and all that. But in Inquisition, the the rulers are power angry. They they they, they don't right, really care for their Selfish, people. All they want yeah. is the money and the power and all that. And it's the same for the church. Because when you're a priest in a little town far away from Prophet's kingdom, so you don't have like all your your your, your superiors looking at you directly, you do basically what you want. So gotcha. if telling that this random dude is a witch or warlock because it goes against your 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 master plan to become a, a better priest or something like this. You can mm-hmm. just like, oh, this guy is a witch, burn them. And oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Way to get rid of rivals. Yeah, that's right. So, well, yeah, exactly. And for the organization, if you're like an an effective priest, like you're good at rooting out witches and all that, you can be promoted to an inquisitor. And with inquisitor, you you get to travel the world hunting for witches, and you get nice. prestige and all that. So. Mm-hmm. It, it's not Inquisition is really a, a morally gray setting because yeah, the church is not actually good they're not mm-hmm. actually evil each individual is not the same it's not because you're a priest that you're doing everything the church says and it's the mm-hmm. same thing for monsters if you're a vampire you're not you're not you, you don't have to be a bad guy you don't have to go on a slaughter and and killing all innocents mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. you can just be a good vampire thing is that what I like about that setting is that morally gray uh, moral. And I- mm-hmm. if you're if you're playing a, a complete party of witchborns and dams, you're going to be branded as evil by everyone else. So you're less likely, mm-hmm. or at least the, the game master is less likely to put you in a situation where you have not you're, you have to like take to make a choice. Yeah, harder right. choice. So you have to make a choice and like, yeah, do we like save the 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 the, the, um, the innocence because like I don't know the town is burning or whatever or we just gonna like I don't know let them burn because they'll burn yeah us. let them burn but yeah, yeah have it, a barbecue it, it, mm-hmm. yeah exactly and <laughs> it, it, if you're a party of monsters well you're just gonna let them burn because everyone in that town wants you dead anyway right mm. but if like you're playing a templar and you have to uh, it's an example I wrote in the book actually so you're in templar on a witch hunt you go into the swamps or whatever, find the witch hut or the witch cave or whatever. So you hunt down the witch, you murder her because you cannot, you could not afford to to bind her and bring her back in town to burn her. And like you're looting the cave and all that. And oh, there's a baby in there. So it was prob- maybe probably the, the, the witch baby or whatever. What do we do with a baby? It's a newborn. It's a witchborn, probably because you don't actually know that. You're just supposing it's a witchborn. Mm-hmm. So by the church, you're supposed to kill that baby because it's a witchborn, right? But like, as a as a human person, are you, do you want to murder a baby? <laughs> yeah. Like that, that that's the kind of choice you're more likely to 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 have if your party is not exclusively monster. monsters and witches. Gotcha. <laughs> but, you, but you could do it as anyway. But I'm mm-hmm. just like, if you want to get the best of the setting. Probably you're better off with maybe either no one from 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 that faction or like just a single one. Okay. And it, 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 and what you could have, which is will be actually pretty great. Like let's say in the same party you have a witch or maybe a witchborn. It's it, they they aren't aware they are a witch yet. Of course, a player knows right, but the character aren't is not aware of the, their witchborn status, and they're teaming up with a Templar. 
because because like they're, they're religious people templars are, are good people and all that and at some point they witness some kind of horrific event because that's one of the trigger you can have to uh, to become aware of your your witch blood so i don't know like the your your hometown is burning and whatever so and you're seeing this and you're confronted to oh i'm a witch born i can do magic now thing is that if i look uh, to my left my best buddy here is a templar What's gonna happen between those two? Heresy. Right. <laughs> that's some uh, that's some uh, heavy uh, content there. I like that, actually. Yeah. And I appreciate the answer. That that was to me. It seemed like a an, an interesting, if not weird, design choice. But now that I get it, I, I, I get it. Yeah, and I, I, I pulled. <laughs> I, I got that. I got that theme. I got that theme as the with the church. And when I when I when I wrote the um the scenario for these guys for the for the actual play, you know, having one of them be a f- witch-born Templar. Yeah. Deal with that, <laughs> fucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, and by the way, your sister just had a baby. And yeah. the Templars <laughs> and the Inquis- and Inquisitor are coming to, quote-unquote, investigate it. Go. What are you going to do, yeah. right? I mean, so, <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and it's a great that. setup. And actually, in in, uh, in one of my Blade by Poe's game, one of the character is actually a Templar, and they have been tasked to like basically protect a Witchborn uh, because like it's a friend of the family and all that. And they, the 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 person just like he has to live. It's, he's my son, and like protect them, right? Oh so and, and the Templar is just like, uh, okay, well I do hold you one, but like. <laughs> Uh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really a, a funny scenario, and the uh, the the witch actually passes as Templar as well. So, cool. yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting scenario. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. So, Stefan, Stefan, good. Yes. Next one. Um, you haven't spoken for a while, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> next question. Well. I've always had a bit of questions about the witchcraft thing uh, myself. So, how did you come up with the details for witchcraft and the, all the casting requirements and details with with witchcraft? That's an interesting question. Uh, I'd say that even though I really love, I really really love the Genesis magic system. There's something that, like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, I know it's working great. But it's not what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that the magic system is meant to like y- you choose a spell on the intent rather than the, on the flavor of the spell. Like right. for example, you're creating a, a magic rock, like just a big old chunk of rock. If you're using that rock to throw at someone to to, to deal damage to wound them, it's an attack spell. But if you're doing the doing the same thing to like you're summoning the same rock to block a, a passageway or something, so you're just like summoning an object, it's gonna be conjure. At some point, it's fine. But what happens if your 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 magic skill cover attack, but doesn't covers uh, conjure? So like you can create a rock at one condition: you have to throw it at someone to deal damage to them. So, I don't know. I know the system is, is working, like Realms of Terra do, does it, and it's great, but it was not what I was looking for. So, if you're looking at the witchcraft spells, the spells are mostly based on the, the, the flavor rather than the intention behind it. 
God. Like, if, if you're casting a plague spell, it's always going to be a plague. If, if you're casting Bewitchment, you're always kind of controlling the mind or the perception of your target. So, I came up with a new spell list, but since I wanted something more low fantasy, I did not... I, d I did not want to have something as um, flashy as traditional magic. Like I did, right. I did not want fireballs in my games. Right. I wanted something that was more elusive, mysterious, mm. uh, and I wanted it because I, I spellcasters in Genesis are really great blasters. Like for at the attack spell, they're, they're actually doing it pretty great. It's mm -hmm. on par with with uh, strong frontline warriors and all that, but I wanted something more intrigue based. So if you're looking at the the witch, you cannot just like just run into battle and start casting spells and dealing damage and killing people. Like their magic doesn't work like that. You don't no. have first. You don't have any attack spell. Like really offensive spell, powerful offensive spell. You don't have. You mm -hmm. have of course it, plague is like can can inflict strain and all. So so you can actually. Yeah, you 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 can uh, use that to to win combat encounters, but it's not like casting a lightning bolt, right? Mm -hmm. So well, yeah, I got a feeling where you you wanted something more, almost like the traditional uh, European superstition about witchcraft. Yeah, yeah so exactly. You, you need the components, whether you're a white witch or or a, a nasty witch, you know, the cauldrons and the components, uh, the totems, uh, fetishes, yeah. you know, little things like that, potions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you need something to cast it, not just say some words and some gestures, like Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was on part with the Inquisition anyway. I, I, I could have done, like, just, okay, I'm just going to use the, 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 the Genesis magic system as it is, and have witches act as wizards, or I, I probably I've gone with the primal skill, but I wanted mm -hmm. something more underground. So, right. yeah, so I came up with this. The, the, the requirement for empathic links, so for those who don't have the book, you basically have, you, you need to have some empathic link with your target to, to, to cast a spell on them. So it may be a, a droplet of blood, it may be a personal belongings like a, a, a boot lace or a piece of cloth or their personal knife or whatever in order to target them or else your magic won't work. Right, yeah. So th that special requirement, that special limitation makes... Uh, which is more uh, the, the spell are more likely to be used in narrative situation rather than combat situation even, even okay. if each spell yeah. has actually a structured encounter version uh, yeah. it's, it you have to be, think about it more yeah. yeah exactly and you don't want to if you're a witch you don't want to get into a fight prior to acquiring these so like True. if you know that you're going to have to confront the, the bandit lord or whatever you're gonna have to make some kind of investigation prior to 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 like draw swords and go right in like is it possible to get an empathic link on that guy uh, if during, not during chris's game when he ran it I'm, i was playing the templar witchborn who had magic i was using all my advantages and stuff to get some <laughs> components and things for creating links to possible targets. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe a link for this guy. Maybe a link for that guy. Just in case I need to, I'll have something. I mean, I definitely think <laughs> Guillaume, you definitely captured the low magic. Yeah, and and like you said, kind of an underhanded, skullduggery-ish kind of sneaky magic yeah, that witches are, are 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 and warlocks are kind of known for i guess or you i i got that feel from it so well done well done on that mm -hmm. 
Thank and you. I could see that the the witchcraft as a skill uh, and usable mainly more for um, even though it's structured encounters it, it, and you say mainly for narrative, but it's good for s- those structured social encounters or structural structured investigative encounters. Oh yeah. Um, I think I, I, I think, think I had that as I think I had that as one of the that. I think I had that as one of the skills that during your investigation scrying or bewitchment you can bewitch somebody in the bar yeah. to get information from them or yeah, I think yeah, you can I try think, at least one or the other yeah I had I had that quest which was basically a kind of a, the clue game <laughs> uh, okay the, 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 the party were invited to a, um, a banquet and uh, it was basically they, they were because that party was entertainers. It's, it's a band of entertainers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were running a circus and whatever. But thing is that they were invited to, to that manor uh, there. And it was like the, the Count's mayor. They invited guests from another county trying to arrange an, uh, a wedding bet- uh, between his son and the other uh, noble's daughter. So people was moving around the house and all that. And at some point, the future husband is murdered. And the only people uh, that hasn't left the, the, the main room were the entertainers, were, were the player party. <laughs> so everybody else could be the killer. And, and the house was closed. So like they, there was no one from the outside. So they had to investigate each of the, 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 the people that was there. So like the, the servants, uh, like the, the, the count's brother that was there and the wife and all that. And basically, in that quest, I made... I, I did not g- gave stats to everyone, but I did the, the motivation thing, like strength, weakness, uh, fear, and flaw for every of the guests there. Oh, there you go. So, so they had to invest, uh, investigate every of these people, and the, the scrying spell was used so, so much. <laughs> the witch basically drained out their, their, their strain just to <laughs> cast scry to, okay, like, what happened at that exact time in that room? And, like, because they did not even know mm-hmm. where the, the, the body was, because the body was apparently dragged, so they did not even know where the murder took place. They had just bits of information. And just to screw cool. things up, <laughs> I, I made sure that basically, n- not everybody, but mostly everybody, like, let's say at least half of the guests there had an interest of that wedding not taking place. Mm-hmm. So everybody so had like, a motivation so like or there, there was at motive. least maybe like five, <laughs> or, yeah. five or six like Good. potential suspects. Nice. Thanks for a great murder mystery. Well done. <laughs> well done. So... So, so the last question we have here now, talking about magic, I should say, um, with the is there going to be a new revised edition of Inquisition now that the expanded players guide is out and we got other um, magic talents, those kinds of things? Does that influence the where the setting's going? Any or uh, yeah, well, the setting keeps moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm actually already working on the revision. I've got about awesome. like I don't know maybe a dozen pages written of completely new stuff. Cool. Um, I'm well for the as for the expanded player's guide. I'm mostly going to use the uh, power level, so I want to go through all the adversaries again with oh, their yeah, power yeah. level values because mm-hmm. that that's something I, I really like about the expanded uh, player's guide. Yeah. For the magic talents, well, I did go through them and. I don't think I'm going to borrow that much from that because mm-hmm. most of them are either too high fantasy for my tastes, like the teleport 
talent is just like not for Inquisition. <laughs> and s some oh, of these, hmm. well, <laughs> it's, it's it's too high fantasy oh, <laughs> for, for the witches. Um, and some talents are just like, like for example, Elementalist. It's not something which is actually due, so it's not fitting either. I I had some few talents that oh maybe I could like take this and just reward it to add just few stuff and and mm -hmm. it's gonna work. But overall, I don't want. The Inquisition setting to be dependent on too much source books. Uh, there's already like, w while it's not required, you, you, I said in my introduction, you need well, not you need, but I highly recommend getting the Realms of Terranoth because a lots of talents from that book are fitting the medieval theme. So, so you basically want that. You can play without, but you want that. But I did not want to evolve like because even shadow of the beanstalk have awesome talents that could have worked as well but i did not want to have okay you're buying inquisition but if you want to play buy a, also realms of the arena shadow of the beanstalk expanded players guide and later on secrets of the crucible right i didn't <laughs> want that <laughs> because like you're already buying my thing so you want to to feel like you can actually play the thing you're buying right, well, okay. right. i know so you I, sort I, of reskin the justice uh of the, of the citadel yeah, and and put it into uh, Inquisition, which was good. You know, it mm -hmm. does give a bonus, and it's flavored to heretics and witches and and monsters. Yeah, I, I think sticking with Realms of Terranot as a suggested supplement is is great because it's a fantasy book with all medieval yeah. stuff. But other than that, I don't think I'm gonna de dig too deep inside the uh, the expanded player's guide. I think I can make up new talents and new stuff without borrowing from that. But I'm right. definitely con definitely gonna add the power levels. Because it's, it's just, yeah, I love those them. are good. Those are good. Um, but yeah, I got lots of uh, of new material coming up. Um, awesome. I don't know if I don't know if you want spoilers. <laughs> Go right ahead. If, if you, you want, want to give them, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you told me you told me a few of them. Why not share? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> we were privy to this because we don't speak French. All right. It's not my fault. It's spelled pas français, tabarnak. There and there it is, <laughs> and there it is. Um, yeah. So basically, and that's a, a tip I'm going to give to those of you who are actually building universe and your own setting. Like when you're, you've been like in my case, I've been jamming for for a while now. But like my ideas are not, I won't say recycle, but like I have my own style. And other people, each people have their own style. So if you can borrow from their their their, 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 their opinions and ideas to, to make your, your your world better, it's a great thing. So in this case, I have a game running with um with with uh, with, with people uh, on the uh, on the you know, on the Discord server. Sorry about this. Um, so I have a, a gameplay by post running on Discord server with some people you, you probably know. I have uh, Christopher from XS Advantage podcast playing on that game. Okay. Uh, you have a few of the uh, moderators of the Genesis community group, uh, including uh, Anastasia Steele, uh, who is kind of not popular right now because her setting is still in the making, but when she's going to uh, release or sunfall setting it's going to be a big hit like mm. i had the chance to to look at it and it, it's just super great but that, that's another topic so yeah so basically uh, I, i'm playing that game with them and they decided to w when we first started out i asked them 
where do you want the game to take place? Because I, I, we decided it's going to be some kind of sandbox thing. I did not have a, a pre-made scenario, and it's even made easier when you're using play by uh, when you're playing by post because like you don't have to react super quickly to what's going on. You can take a day to two or a few hours to think. Okay, the players are doing this. So I'm going to adjust my scenario to well, to 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 go in that direction. Okay. So and they decided to play inside the um, Republic of Venice, mm. which mm. is the place where it was some kind of witch empire before the the church uh, launched a crusade against them oh, invaded right. them and all that yep. and thing is that uh, in the, the current version of the product the lore about like this culture this place is not that deep like you have information there yes but it's not that deep so i wanted to had meat to that bone and in that game i basically mm-hmm. told my player if you want to to, to, to add narrative elements to that place, go for it. I'm open for that. And if the ideas are good, they're going to make it to the next edition of Inquisition. Nice. Very nice. So, so what's interesting here is that I have ideas coming from other people, which have a different style of, of playing and the, uh, different backgrounds of tabletop RPGs, bring up their own ideas, and I just incorporate them in the, uh, in the setting. Oh, that's awesome. So what's funny about this particular uh, thing is that I wrote more about Vanas than I think all the other kings and the kingdoms together at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm really going to have to go over each of the kingdoms to to add more, um, more, more. Uh, more stuff. Cool. And uh, they also... Well, you've already got 45 pages of your 118 or 100, 118 page document. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. all just lore and yeah. Yeah. culture, Fantastic. and it, it it is very rich, very it's dripping with ideas, and and I and I love that about your setting. That's great. Oh yeah. Um, so it just if you're going to be adding more to it, that's awesome. That is great. <laughs> yep. And you said something about um, maybe I'm revealing too much here, and if I am. This is where you're going to delete this, Chris. <laughs> but you said, right. to us, uh, you said something to us about uh, you're also going to produce a new uh, map or atlas for it. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, because cool. the map I'm, I'm using right now, it was made with Incarnate, mm-hmm. which is, an, well, it's a, it's a cool program. But it, I chose that basically because of the deadline. Because I wanted to have a map when the, the product came out. And gotcha. it, it, it was the right tool for the job at that moment. But I, I want to remake the map with Photoshop. I got some, I'm not an expert, but I got some Photoshop skills. So I want to, 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 to check tutorials on how to make a great looking map. And cool. redoing the whole map. Basically, so I'm not gonna expand much. Maybe I'm just gonna add mm-hmm. something about the the, um, the site highlands. I want to develop uh, more the pirate thing about that place. But overall, it's gonna be the same map. It's still gonna be Igoras. You won't see any new continents or whatever. Uh, but it, the maps will look more great than what it is right now because Incarnate is an it's an okay program, I guess. Like it's good at what it's doing. Like if you need a map in like in a matter of minutes, well, you can spend hours on it as well. But you can do a great map, even if you're not a skilled artist or map maker, because it's it's basically it's 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 basically stamps, right? So oh, I'm just gonna take uh, that uh, city icon and just gonna put it there, and like the texture right. of the crown is easy to 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 do and all that. So, mm-hmm. but it has its limitations. So I wanted something more deep, but there was that 
that deadline, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to get incarnate, make a map within a matter of hours, and put that in a book, and when I'm going to have time, I'm going to rework the whole thing. Well, yeah, because the map itself looks like it could be like a European map done like almost like explorers on a ship. They yep. traced yeah. out the new world as well. Okay, this is how the East Coast of the States we think looks like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah <laughs> I, know you, I know you showed me a sample of what you wanted the map to look like eventually. Like, oh yeah, that's definitely one of those high-end programs that, you know, it's almost a satellite picture. <laughs> I actually contacted the, uh, the maker of that map mm-hmm. uh, and asked for a commission. I might take that route because he told me that making, because he's used to make that kind of map. But right. the, the map uh, I asked him about took him about like a month or of work to do. And he's used to that to that map making style, uh-huh. so like, oh, do I really want to invest that time? <laughs> yeah, do I want to spend a year making this map? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, like, and it's it's not that expensive. In this case, it was well for the map. I was uh, I, I was showing him. He told me it, it will be something about like uh, 150 uh, euros, which is like, I think it's a fair mm. price for the quality of work. Uh, he, right. he, he, mm-hmm. he offers. Thing is that, if I ever want to expand on the on the on the lore or something, and I think, oh, it will be good if I had like another island right there or something. <laughs> like, I won't be able to do it myself. No. <laughs> yeah. So makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's so, a balance there. It's a yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm not I'm not settled on what I'm gonna do. do I, I'm gonna. I'm, am I gonna? learn how to make I, 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 I won't achieve that kind of quality sadly but am I going to learn to make potent like great looking map or I'm just going to go with his offer not sure yet I'm not deciding gotcha. nice cool alright well before we go on is there anything else you would like to say about uh, Inquisition and and even the adventure that you wrote for it that's also up on drive through mm-hmm. um that you, if someone hasn't purchased the product yet and was sitting on the fence, uh, what would what would be your selling point? What would you try to get them to? Because we forgot, but you, we usually do that at the top. That's true. But, That's uh, true. The, the elevator speech. Yeah, you're. Yeah, the elevator. <laughs> elevator pitch. That's right. Yeah. Well, I I think Inquisition is a great setting for someone who's like into a medieval medieval universe. But not into to like the stereotypes of what you see in like Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinders, and all that. Like you won't see any elves, dwarves, dragons. Uh, but it's still a rich world. More likely, uh, more close to the Witcher game, for example. Um, so and it, and it's grim, and it's you're not you're not gonna play heroes in there. Like the world is grim. The people are poor, struggling to live their lives, and earn their share of money. And like you're, you're you're basically this is the perfect actually the perfect setting to play some nobody trying to become something like you, you you're gonna have the lords oppressing you and you may be like just the local blacksmith and make a, a potent character uh, become strong you gotta have to face like the the, the bandits uh, threatening your little community and all that without going like to epic proportions the the hmm. last game I played the last Pathfinder game I played was. Wrath of the Righteous. I don't know if you, ah. you know that one. But basically, you're being thrown in the role of we're going to save the world. And at some point, spoilers, at some point, you're basically meeting a deity. Like in the game, and the deity is basically asking for your help. So it's like 
you're on another level, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, so basically, what Inquisition offers is a different setting. It's a medieval, but not too uh, high fantasy. You have a new magic system that can work because you can totally buy Inquisition and just salvage bits for your own setting. I think witchcraft is a unique skill in itself with new spells, new magic in- implements. Uh, new mechanics for the empathic link, so it's just like uh, something new. It's it's just not uh, a revamp. Well, it's well, yeah, it's kind of a revamp thing, but it's not just like you you took everything that was in the core book or realms of Therianot and just adding a story to it. Like I, I did make changes in the mechanics oh, yeah. to make it yeah, to yeah. make it work. Yeah. And uh, yeah, s- some people are just um, are just attracted to not playing the good guys. And this setting is perfect because you can totally like if you look at the uh, the character choices you have well you have a witch for example <laughs> you have a fence which is basically a black marketeer uh, you have scoundrel and like you have a bunch of characters you can be a corrupt priest or like <laughs> for for the uh, herbalist you have a bunch of stuff you can do as well with alchemy uh, because I added potions I added like uh, like the monster hunter thing is is cool as well because kind of like the Witcher, yeah, you, you're saving people from monsters, but like you're a mercenary at the core. So like, okay, yeah, you have that I don't know giant spidery thing killing your yeah. your livestock and all, but like, are you gonna pay me for this? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, like you're Eric, yeah, one I'm of cheap. the main motivation <laughs> I had. I forgot to tell this, and I think it's it's kind of interesting. When I first uh, got into Genesis. Uh, there was Realm of Terranut that that was already kind of like in in the, the, the presented settings. So and we we had like at that point we have just a feeling that probably they're gonna release source books for for every setting in the core book, right? So mm-hmm. I, I okay, I might I might just go with the uh, Realms of Terranut. I played the um, the Descent board game, which is taking place in the same universe. Okay. So it was like a fantasy thing, and also okay, I, I might try that. And the core book did not add the what I call the magic item porn. <laughs> yeah. uh, so like, oh, it's not, yeah, it's high fantasy, but maybe more manageable than Pathfinder, Pathfinder was. So I, I might just go with uh, with uh, Realms of Therianot. And when I purchased the book and read it, I was really, um, well, kind of disappointed by the lore, I, I, I might say, because it was not what I was looking for. Basically, the, the premise of Therianot is that you're an Eric person doing heroic actions to perform heroic quests and become the hero. Yeah, basically, mm-hmm. it's that. And it, right. at some point, it's Big great. Like, heroes. I mean, hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. some people are, are are totally into this, and it, that's totally fine, but it's not what I was looking for. Uh, so, yeah, so Inquisition offers something different. You're, you're not the heroes. You're, you're just, like, the people struggling for their life. Even if you're playing, like, the Templar or the priest or whatever, chances are you won't be the hero of the day. You're going to face situation making hard choices and yeah it's it's a different experience yeah all right. okay oh well cool very cool all right well that was a lot of information appreciate <laughs> you appreciate you answering all of our all of our questions so let's um let's play a little bit yeah all right all right
Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is where we build, roll, adjudicate, and some sample skill checks for your entertainment. Normally, however, this show we're going to do a quick round of three and encounter designed by one of us utilizing the rules and world of the Inquisition. Uh, Chris will be GMing. Myself, mm-hmm. Stefan, and Guillaume are going to be the players. Chris, what kind of scenario you got for us, bud? I got a pretty simple one. I didn't give you guys much of a setup, did I? But it nope. doesn't really matter. I don't need it. Don't need it because you guys are awesome players. Guillaume, you're probably a sh- shitty player because you're GM all the time. But that's okay. <laughs> GMs make the worst players. I swear to God. I know that I'm the worst player, man. What's, uh, I mean, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, Only when you argue with me all the damn time. It's because when you get shit wrong, tell me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm the yeah. GM. I'm always right. Oh, I'm sorry. Come on. Yeah. So, stop ruining have, my story. How many of these have I run? I don't know if I've run any of these since. Nope. Yeah, I think you're just you do the show notes and you create the scenario. We're like, all right, let's do it. All right, so we're gonna set the stage with um, you all have been traveling a day all day in search of a monstrosity in the northeastern northeastern forest of Astala. And your journey has ended at a craggy maw of a dark cave. Dum, bum, bum, bum. Okay. <laughs> Who do we have here? And you know what? We will start with our guest, Guillaume. Who are you playing today? All right. So in this segment, I'm playing Emilia Woodcroft, which is a knight. Um, basically, our story is that she's the illegitimate. Uh, illegitimate daughter of a duke of the Duke of Teven, so which is a nearby uh, a nearby kingdom. Cool. Um, so she was raised at the court, and her mother died when she was young. And the uh, duke uh, still took care of her; he loved her. And problem is that uh, the duke already had a daughter named Rosa, which was the inheritor of the throne, mm. and. The, the girls were basically rivals because Emilia was just like the better kid, the better kid between the two. But nice. the title was going to go to Rosa. So at some point, the Duke died. Rosa took over, and uh, her mother convinced to exile Emilia just to get her out of the court. So Emilia, mother, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Emilia's stepmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so Emilia uh, found herself uh, being thrown at the front line, uh, at the frontier between Tiven and Astala, oh. and so she was basically forced into servicing the army, and she got great, she made friends, and she um, she deceived the people there, saying that she was actually the, the legitimate, legitimate daughter of the Duke sent on a mission to survey the, 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 the troops and all that. So <laughs> she kind of made friends along the way. And at some point, her secret was uh, exposed by her commanding officer. But since they were uh, friends at that point, she, uh, he, he just let it go. And, um, but nice. after all these years servicing in the mar- uh, serving in the army, Emilia felt that she needed something else. She wanted to go back to the court, and uh, it's going to be payback day for Rosa for exiling her, basically. So she's on a quest to like just gain contacts and all that, gain prestige, money, uh, and prepare her master plan for the day she's going to take on Rosa. Nice. Oh, well, more to come later. 
probably. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. All right. Who wants to go next? Stefan. All right. What? I am playing Sir Maxwell Kincaid. He's a devoted Templar. He was originally from uh, Roven, uh, south of the continent, uh, but being the youngest of a very large family, uh, he was sent to Prophet's Landing because his, his family couldn't afford to uh, take care of him. He would not inherit anything anyway. Nice. So he embraced the church's teachings and became a devoted defender of the faith and then went on to train as a Templar, where he now roams the, the land. Excellent. And met up with Amelia at some point yes. along the way. Yes. Nice. All right, Tony. Who do we have? <laughs> uh, I'm playing Big Amos. <laughs> Big Amos is his laborer. He's basically a farmhand. He, he was... He was born and raised in the village of Hogwalla on Eastern Estala. In Hogwalla. Hogwalla. <laughs> it's French. Uh, Hogwalla. But <laughs> he beat a nobleman into a coma after he caught the man trying to have his way with a neighbor girl. Aww, <laughs> Subsequently, <laughs> while the local inquisitor acquitted Big Amos of any wrongdoing, the, the noble's family purchased a bit my big farm that I worked on and, and uh, they fired me. So now Aww. I've been homeless and jobless for a while when I met uh, and I'm, I took to the road with all my earthly possessions. That includes my wagon and my ox, Maggie. And, <laughs> and you have a wagon and ox with you. That's great. And, a, and a wagon uh, named Maggie? No, no, no. The <laughs> ox is named Maggie. Oh. And uh, I got my trusted pitchfork, and I can help. I met uh, Sir Maxwell and Amelia here, and they offered to feed me. And uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm tagging along. Mm-hmm. All right. And he's small. He's a small boy, right? Uh, he's <laughs> six foot seven, 270 pounds. They oh. call him Big Amos. <laughs> and that's just not a – they could call him Tiny, yeah. right? <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Um, okay. So you three – have found yourselves outside this dark cave. Who wants to do what? What you guys gonna do? <clears throat> well, I, I tell Maggie to stay here, and I'll tie her to a tree. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I won't let you roll for that. <laughs> you don't have to roll for that. You do. It. <laughs> well, since uh, since Inelia is kind of the tank type so i guess she's just gonna offer to light on the torch okay. raise her shield and go right in cool what are the uh, what do the rest of you guys do why uh, are you gonna let the lady go first <laughs> she's a knight an able knight she's a soldier oh I'm, it's so confusing i'm sorry madam where I come from, we treat all women with respect. I'm a country boy, you know. Um, if you wants to go first, go ahead. But if something comes our way, I'm a big meaty shield. I got this pitchfork. <laughs> you can hold the torch if you want. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take the torch. Uh, <laughs> right over her shoulder. Big Amos, a.k.a. Torchbearer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't burn my hair. All right. oh, no, no, madam. I hold it nice and high. <laughs> All right, Sir Kincaid. Yes, well, Sir Kincaid, while they were arguing about who should go in first, the lady or the man, 
he draws his sword and readies his shield and steps next to Amos, and, and ready to uh, okay to lend aid. All right, sounds good. So Amelia leading the way in. All right, so. And uh, before we go in, actually, if we know we are taking on some monstrosity, yes. it may be a good idea to pour some silver, bl- um, s- uh, liquid silver stuff on our blades. Sounds good. Well, I've, so I've got my trusty spear. So I'm, ju- I'm just going to do that right okay. before going in. So you prepare uh, uh, prepare the silver weapons. Go ahead, Tony. Big aim. Uh, on my pitchfork? <laughs> I kind of hold it. <laughs> like what? looking at you kind of... Fun. You want to put silver on a pitchfork? <laughs> That's going to arm the wheat when I use it on weight. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make it more valuable. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, do you guys have so do you guys have extra silver to silver up the pitchfork maybe or I don't, but he can he can borrow my spear if you want. I can just. No, I got my trusty pitchfork. I, I got All my right. daddy's boot knife, but I've never used it in a fight. Awesome! All right, so you guys are heading in under the torchlight. Um, let's see. You're going into this cave. The torch being being um held by Big Amos there when it, it was about kind of dusk, so it's getting dark outside. You're going into this dark cave. Um, slight breeze coming in behind you. Um, a bit musty smelling here. Some, um, stale, definitely stale air. And maybe a a hint of, um, a hint of, like, um, just putrid, you know, (laughs) like, waste. Right? Um, just like... does Does it smell like hog slop? It, it actually very close. It, it's definitely close to something like hog slop, and Uh-oh. maybe not quite uh, as, maybe even worse than like, you know, cow shit. And um, who do you have? Oh, sorry, your ox's name is Maggie. Maggie, yeah, a bit bit riper than what Maggie drops, um, as well. Um, and as you're going in, um. <clears throat> Why make everybody make a perception check for me? All right. We'll do a difficulty like like an average difficulty here, and this will tell me kind of what you All right. might or might not hear. Any setbacks due to darkness? Um, no. This is purely mm-hmm. hearing. Oh, okay. So in my case, I rolled a single advantage. No success. One advantage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I got I got three successes and three threat. Okay. And I had one single success. One single success. The two that succeeded hear mm-hmm. a faint, um, like a <laughs> in the distance. Okay. And I don't know for some reason, Amelia. Maybe you were in the middle of saying something, um, but you um you actually pick up. Um, from with your advantage there, the torchlight kind of you have you're kind of turn your head a little bit, and as you're turning back, your head's down. It kind of puts a puts a slight shadow and a light on the ground, and you see what looks like like human sized tracks. You know, like you know, like somebody walking. Many feet. Um, feet. Right. Um, Stefan, Sir Mag, Sir Kincaid. Yes. Here's it even worse. You you have it. Maybe it's the 
armor that you're wearing or the shield or the acoustics of where you are specifically in right. this cave. But it hits a... a you're nerve. a Templar, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're a yeah. Templar. You've seen, you've seen some pretty crazy shit and mm. you don't know you don't know where you where you place this at but you're going to take three strain from this um Ouch. because it definitely puts the hairs on the back of your neck kind of start standing up and i got to get dice uh -oh. shoot. okay so um all right if i have time the, i'll yeah. use my uh power potion which will increase my brawn sure you take a quick drink yeah, yeah you guys you guys see um Kincaid just stop for a moment, pulls out like a flask. Um, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's on the drinky drink. You haven't known him for too long, but um, he definitely quaffs something down. <clears throat> yeah. In front of Suddenly, you. Suddenly, he seems to grow a little big, bigger. Not as big as uh, Big Amos, but. <laughs> no, not as big as Big Amos. So you all continue on. And wait, wait, wait. Yeah? I. I I spit in my hands to get a better grip on my pitchfork. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Perfect. First attack, I'll give you a boost die. <laughs> After that... No, actually, first attack, setback die. After that, you get a boost die, because now it's, like, dried up right now. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys are coming up, and um, as you come around this corner, you're definitely hearing a bit more of that <laughs> screeching and whatever. You're coming around, and that torchlight hits this creature, this tentacled creature, uh -oh. um, just slash, just flailing about, and um, turns on you all, turns to you all. Um, and in the torchlight, you see this <clears throat> tentacles coming out where the head is, split mm -hmm. off a couple tentacles coming out, just as if it's licking the air. The ends of the tentacles are just kind of licking the air, kind of, to, and then they kind of zoom in, kind of, they're going flailing about, and then all of a sudden they like zoom in on kind of where you are. In the middle of this person's chest is a screaming face, as if, and 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 then it just from that mouth just it screams out. So I'm gonna need fear checks real quick, and then we'll roll initiative. Uh, I designed that creature, and I don't you? like where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what? You mean I got the flare? Yeah, that sounds like the flare. Yeah, there you go. Okay, it's so fear check. Good, is, sir? This is going to be a terrifying check of hard, and I am going to apply its adversary to this. Right. So upgrade that once, everybody. Ugh. I'm going to go to the... Core rules, okay. fear rules on page two forty three in the core book here to see what everybody gets, and we will go around the table here. We'll start with our guest, Guillaume. Welcome to the show. What'd you get on your fear check? <laughs> uh, a single success. <laughs> single success. Okay, so yeah. you are you steady yourself. You've been told about these. You just what the hell's? Um, and then uh, Sir Maxwell. I uh, get a failure and an advantage. Failure and an advantage. Well, with the failure... Yeah, he knows too um, much about this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so with the failure, you're going to get a... Um, you're going to uh, get a setback die on your first, your first round of combat here. Uh, okay? 
And then, and um, Tony, what did you get? With my advantage, maybe add a boost die to the next person who's going to ask. <laughs> With the advantage, I'm going to allow it to be the first round of combat there, Stefan. All right, there How about go. that? All right, Steph, or uh, Big Amos, how'd he do? Uh, Big Amos had two successes, one advantage. Woo! So you so basically, <laughs> the farmer is the is the most brave, right? <laughs> Actually, and I think he's two successes and an advantage. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think you know since um since uh Sir Maxwell was right next to you, mm-hmm. you see him take a qu- quick step back and you steady him a bit. You. You're going to get a boost die on your on your first check there, uh, Big Amos. And um, his advantage there and your advantage there, um, Stefan, um, that cancels out your your disadvantage. <clears throat> your okay, my, um, my setback. Your your setback. Yep, your setback right. on the first round. All right, so let's roll some initiative here. Vigilance, right. please. I think we'll all roll vigilance here. All right. I got. All right. Vigilance. I will tell you what I get, and you tell me whether you beat it or not. Oh wow! I got three successes. I got, I got two success. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Who's going first? <laughs> All right. Anybody beat three successes? This is going to be easy if you didn't. I got uh, four successes, two advantages. Woo! Very nice. Very nice. So, I got two yellows and a green on this. So two yellows and a green. Nice. Yeah. And then the other two, you got what? I got two successes and two advantage. Okay. One and one. One and one. Alrighty. Um, so those of you with the two advantage, if you'd like, um, you could do a, uh, you could add something to the scene with that if you want. As we're setting this up. Well, what's the distance between us and the creature? Um, I'm gonna say you come around. I'm gonna say it's probably around medium range right now. Or no, actually, it's short range. You're in a cave, so it's short range. Okay. Um, maybe for some advantage. Um, there's there's roots coming from the ceiling that could entangle possibly it uh, as it tries to move. Okay. Yeah. So it's got like these these tentacles just flailing about. Um, and it is, yeah, okay, I, I can see that. So it'll get like maybe a maybe a setback die on its first attack here. Okay, there you go. And how about how about you? Um, how about a, you, Amelia or uh, Guillaume? What do you think? You want to add something here? Maybe uh, Amelia could be quick on moving forward uh, since she's used to be on the front line. So maybe she could start directly engage with the creature. Okay, I'll allow it. That works. And then, um, Tony, for your advantage, what you want to do for one advantage? Um, there's a when when Amos drops the torch, it still continues to light the room. It doesn't go out. Nice. Okay. So there's so there's probably some some pretty decent light. Um, not darkness. You guys won't be right. fighting in darkness, but still, um, by the torchlight. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right. So I have a PC going first, and I'm assuming. Amelia might Amelia. be taking that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. All right. So I'm I'm gonna attack that thing with my okay. sword, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna double aim because what? I just love aiming. 
So I'm gonna spend two strain to aim a second time. Okay. Just gonna look at my dice here. So. Okay. So we have two um... yellow, two yellow, a green. I'm gonna add two boost for aiming and suffer two strain. Okay. Two purple the... for the difficulty. Upgraded once because of adversary. Oh, I gotta keep track of story points, don't I? Darn it. Uh, and that thing has defense as well. It does. He knows his monsters. Um, defense so, of two. Let's try this. So two yellow, one green, two blue, one red, one purple, and two black. Yoshi. All right. Uh, damn it. So, z- so it's a fail check. Zero successes. No no fail oh. symbol, but it's zero success. But I got four advantages. Ooh. Ooh. So, what, would you like, what would you like to do with those advantages? Maybe I can um, put it in a position where, like, it's gonna. Just let me check what we I can do with this. But maybe I can drop it. it uh, it's defense. Like four advantages is kind of a lot, actually. Um, yeah, you know what? I think um, on that side of you, you can. Um, you know, I will say that um, the next person to attack, you will. You'll. You'll kind of. You'll. You'll take up the. The melee defense will be, will be gone because it's it's kind of like you know there's like these six tentacle bigger tentacles going around and a couple of them on that side you're just you know it's hitting on you, focusing on you. So, all right, all right. So let's see here. So with these tentacles, everybody's at short range. We have a tentacle. Now, I did not see whether you can attack with all the tentacles, but it looks like I just get one a tentacle attack here. So, I guess with extras... Yeah, it, it, it's basically a mix-up of all tentacles attacking the same target. Oh, uh, what you, what you have, What you have, though, is that whenever we're attacking that thing, if we're willing threats, we can get slashed by a tentacle. I see. What you, gotcha. Nice, nice. Okay, so... We're going to attack you with the... Th- Three or four yellow here. Do you have any defense? (laughs) I have three melee defense. Three melee defense. Whoa. Alrighty. Yeah, I got my chainmail and my large shield. Alright. Plus my sword. I'll spend my story point. So let me see. So that's four to you guys. Okay. And um, I'll add a green to this. And it will, um, it's sniffing the air, and um, it's kind of sees, kind of not sees, but hears and senses you kind of coming in. So it's going to, it's going to aim once right. as well. Would you like to do anything to the pool? Uh, how many story points we have now? Uh, four to you guys, zero to me. Okay, well, let's spend the one on upgrading the check. Alrighty, sounds good. All right, here we go. Roll this bear. No despair, but I am triumphant. <laughs> oh, no. So those are going to cancel. Oh, shit. This isn't good. Welcome to the show, Guillaume. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I am left with one, one success, two advantage, but a triumph. Okay, so this thing does damage. So you're going to take seven damage. No pierce or anything. However... Um, I did inflict a wound, so why don't you make a hard resilience check for me here, buddy? Well, in fact, what I'm going to do, because I have mm-hmm. five soak, 
I'm gonna use. I have the parry talent. Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna suffer force train to reduce the incoming damage by three. Okay. I have one rank. Yeah, I have one rank. So do you I'm still take reduce. any damage or no? Nope. You In don't this take case, any damage. I, I take, no, because I have five soak and reduce by three. So no, nope, no damage for me. Okay, sounds good. So um, so you're not gonna so you're not um gonna make this resilience check. So I because I, I didn't wound you. However. I am going to spend this this triumph to knock you on your ass. Damn. So yeah, so you're knocked down, and my two advantage will be to um will be to uh, um the the tentacles are kind of just flailing, kind of right down in front of you, and kind of keeping you down on the ground a little bit. So um you're gonna why don't you suffer why don't you suffer a strain for that. All right. Okay, I have two PC slots. Who wants to go next? Ah, oh, the charge. All righty. <laughs> Got the pitchfork in both hands. Moving uh, up to it. It's inaccurate, so I've already added a setback die there. But you said it has defense of one or two? It does not right now because oh. it is, I'm going to say that these tentacles are just kind of, you know, the it, it did have two, def, two defense, but... Guillaume spent the advantage to, to remove that. And okay. those tentacles are what knocked knocked um, Amelia down. Um, and so its defense is down right now. Okay. But it is adversary one. Yep. Okay. Adversary one. Um, this is... Uh, I'll maneuver into position. Yep. And then... Hmm. I'll spend the two strain for an aim. Alrighty. I think. Cool. Yeah. Okay, Any, uh, and uh, you know what? I'm going to spend a story point also because uh, he just he just hit Amelia. Yeah, knocked her down. Yeah, and uh, I'm not I'm not keen on that. So just Amelia, the do you have, lady. Amelia, you're you're wielding. Do you have a um? Do you have like a shield, like a sword and shield? Yeah, sword and a large oh, shield. So large shield. I'm basically hiding behind my shield right now. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> keeping it down. All right. Don't hit a woman, and I charge. <laughs> don't someone, hit someone a woman. A is that what you said? <laughs> Don't hit a woman. That's great. So my pitchfork hits mm-hmm. for three successes. That's going to be eleven damage. Oh snap, buckets! Let's see. show that monster how to treat woman. <laughs> there you go. All right, it soaks. It's yeah, pierce. You don't have pierce on that, do you? Uh, no. Okay. However, I yeah. do have four advantages and a triumph, and Darn. this thing crits on four advantage. Awesome. So, I'm going to spend my four advantage to crit, and my triumph is going to increase that, plus vicious, for a total of plus 20%. Plus 20. Okay, well, go ahead and roll the percentile there, then. See what kind of crit you put on this thing. 70, so it'll be a 90, uh, which is... 90 is a what? 90 is compromised. Increased difficulty of all skill checks by one until this crit is healed. Oh. You're going to increase your difficulty. Increase your difficulty. <laughs> All right. Last thing before I go. Yep. I have an incidental I'd like to activate. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when your character inflicts a critical injury with a melee weapon until the end of the target's next turn. Yeah. Uh, they may use you may use this talent to immobilize the target. I'm doing an impaling strike, so I just. Run it through with my pitchfork. Nice, yeah. So you just run it through. You pin like two of the t- 
tentacles like to the ground, right? Um, and it's trying to pull back, and you're just, you got all that farmer weight on it. And Using pitchfork as a spaghetti fork. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> all right, sir. Sir Kincaid. Maxwell. Sir Maxwell. Sir Kincaid. He moves in and uh, <laughs> into melee range, into engage range. Okay. And I will uh, use his Justice of the Creator as well. Ooh. So oh. I'm suffering. Yes, I'm suffering three strain, but I'll add two more points of damage because okay. that's equal to my discipline. As he aims, no, not going to aim. It's already, a, I believe, a maneuver to, to move and a maneuver to activate the justice. So just a swing from the sword. Okay. Right, and now uh, you said uh, uh, two difficulty. One. Adversary, adversary one. one. Yep, and then um, two melee defense. Two melee defense. All right. So no, no aiming because you've done all these maneuvers. All right. Swing. Bada bada. Woo. So three successes, a threat, and a triumph. One threat? One threat, though. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Only one? You know, Only you, know, one you, know, you know what I'm talking about there, bud, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. He knows, sure, he knows this monster. He knows what I want yeah. what I want. Two threat, people. Only, Looking for Only one threat. threat. <laughs> so, okay, <go> ahead. <laughs> so that was a total of the three successes, ten damage. Okay. Now, ten damage. Now, first yeah. off... I need to ask. I, I have to go back. Um, silvered? Did you sil- didn't silver the pitchfork? But you silvered your weapon, correct? Um, did we? Uh, well, I know that Amelia sir- silvered hers, but she missed. No. Okay, yeah, you didn't. No. Okay. No, I, ha- I have a silver light spear, but that's still on my back. Perfect. Okay, so you ten damage. You said. Yes. Okay. Ten damage and a triumph. Ooh. So what would you like to do with that triumph? Well, can I can I inflate a crit? Absolutely, you always could. All right, <laughs> then I will crit. Where's my there you go percentage? You roll it. Okay. Yep. Thirty-five. What's that, plus Tony? 10. Thirty plus ten. It's yeah, plus ten. It's forty-five then. Forty-five. What's the, what's the forty-five there, Tony? Forty-five is going to be bowled over. The target is knocked prone and suffers one strain. There we go. Nice. Hmm, so, nice. Yeah, so it's, a, a powerful hit with the sword pushing back with the with the shield as a follow-up. <laughs> Alright. So it's bowled over. So that's enough for it to just it, it falls it falls back. And um we're back up to the next top of the round there. And Amelia, right. you're not like held down on the ground flailing underneath your well, hiding underneath your shield right now. Well, yeah, so yeah, it, it's payback like time to, now. <laughs> I'd like to to act first, just to try and help protect Amelia. So okay. Maxwell yells at the creature, "How dare the attacker woman have at me instead?" Using my challenge, using my challenge, oh, my challenge uh, talent. So that nice. It, I'm daring it to attack me, so it okay. will get a boost die against me, but two setbacks attacking anyone else. Ooh, very nice. So you're calling it out. You're standing yeah. over it, getting ready to just... Oh, yeah. And that's for right. the encounter. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right. So um, that is a challenge. And then you're going to... That's like that what? Was, like a maneuver or is that's that an just, action? That's just a maneuver. Okay. And then so you might want to attack well, it then probably. Well, may as well swing cool. at it again. All right. <laughs> and it's prone, so you get the it bonus. Is, a boost yeah. dice, I think. A boost die. Yep. A boost die for right. it being prone. There we go. 
Still melee defense. So two melee fine. defense. Yeah, just picture. I mean, the the mainly the two melee defenses are f- for yeah. the the tentacles are just swapping yeah. around, and you're you know you're you know deflecting them with your shield, and the pitchfork is you know kind of deflecting right. a little bit too. And all right, so I managed to hit again, but only one success. So yep. it'll be eight damage. Eight damage. But, okay. But five advantages. <laughs> Holy buckets! So for two of those, I'll activate a crit. Okay. All right, add 20% to this. Yep. <laughs> Let's see what else he can do to it. Uh, 83, that's 103. Holy oh, wow. wows. All right, oh, what do you got there, Tony? Maimed. One Maimed. of the target's limbs. Uh, GM may select permanent. Uh, is permanently lost. Oh. The GM may yeah, select. Well, okay, so this is what happens. So you, you, so you, it gets knocked. You knock this thing backwards. Right. And um, you just slice, and you have what, a sword? Sword, yeah. Yeah, so you just take like a backhand and just shoom, slice off one of its tentacles All as right. it's as it's um as you're moving in closer to it. All right. And the so. mechanical part of this is it's going to then all other actions are going to suffer uh, setback die until the crit's healed. There we go. Understood. Nice. All, right. all right. And for two for two advantages, I'll give it a setback, and then the remaining uh, advantage a boost die to the Next player. Two setback, increased difficulty. All right. All right. So it's going to stand up. Right. Then. It's immobilized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until the end of its next turn. All right. Well, it's going to attack from. Well, it's just going to attack with its with its uh, tentacles there because it could reach out and um, going to attack the one that called him out. Then. There you go. Increase my difficulty, so I have yep. four yellow. Um, a I'm going to spend a story point to increase the difficulty. Okay, and upgrade the difficulty. Upgrade the difficulty as yeah, more, yeah. more of those roots are getting in the way of its tentacles. Nice. And then I'm I'm spending one. I'm spending one as well because you know I'm prone by a pitchfork. I need some help. <laughs> All right. So I increase my difficulty. I have already taken the strain. Okay. Main setback. All right. Four yellow. Oh. And I have two defense, melee defense. <laughs> okay. I need to... Dang, Stefan, I need, need to get bigger out of hands. I need bigger hands, and I need I need somebody <laughs> to um, put the adversaries up on that website you guys are using for your characters. Um, <laughs> and I need to grab another another setback die. I didn't know I needed... going to need five of them. All right, here we go. This is going to... That's quite a pool. All right, here we go. Ooh, lots of failures on those setback dice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, he does fail. Actually, oh, right. complete wash. Okay. Yeah. So it, it tries to attack, and it's just you guys are defending. It's slashing right. on you. Um, you're defending it with your shield. Just kind of blocks the um, the tentacles right out of the way. And then nice. um, now it's at the end of your turn or the end of its turn, um, Amos. The end of its turn. End of its turn, yeah. So it just kind of pulls those tentacles loose, and it and it's just ah. Um, hopefully, maybe get up next time. So whoever there I have go. two PC slots. Yep. Who wants to go next? And, and one of them has a boost die. Go ahead, yep. Yeah. Whoever's All next. All right. right. So uh, 
gonna spend a maneuver to stand up. Okay. So basically, Emilia is gonna roll on the side and then stand up and attack the thing. And now it's standing up as well, right? No, it's the, still underground. I, I didn't no, get a still, chance. Oh yeah, didn't it's still on the ground because it was immobilized. Oh yeah. Exactly. Okay. So and I'm gonna use because I've drained some strain already. So I'm gonna use second wind talent. I got two ranks in it. So I'm just gonna awesome. use that as an incidental to heal to strain. Cool. So use a maneuver to stand up, then I'm gonna spend two strain to have an additional maneuver to hang and attack. So that's two okay. boost dice total. Awesome. So, Aiming and it's being prone. Gotcha. There you go. So and it's a, another boost dice for being prone. So that's three boost dice. Awesome. Total. Okay. That's uh, two. No, it's one red, one purple, and two setback. Two, two setback. Yep. All right, let's see. Two successes, two advantages. All right. So I'm going to... What's the damage I'll put on this? So I got six damage. It's not even enough to bypass its soak, right? That's correct. Wait, wait, wait. but I got two adv- uh, two successes. I did not add that. I just so you have eight. <laughs> I just went with the base damage. So yeah, so eight. eight damage. Okay, that does get past its soak. So it is going to wound it if you wanted to activate a quality you poured on your sword, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Since I used liquid silver on my sword, I'm just going to trigger that. Okay. So basically, the silver, and uh, the silver oil on the sword is basically burning the creature's blood. So mm-hmm. it's gonna suffer two damage at the start of its turn for the for two turns. Two damage. Is that okay. it? It's been a while. I look at that. I think point, it's but... two or three. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was that. Mm-hmm. See. It's been a while. I used this. That's okay. We got a little bit of time. You can look that up. I'll, I'll write down two damage for two turns. All right. Well, actually, no. I got it right. At the start of the target's turn, they suffered two wounds, and that effect lasts for two rounds for a total of four wounds suffered. Cool. Alrighty. Nice. Yeah. So this thing just screeches again, and like it's just like that. That silvered blade just cuts through the chest, and another tentacle, um, like butter. There we go. All right, Amos. Butter. <laughs> Big Amos. It's right. buttered. Uh, it's buttered and ready to go for you. <laughs> still got my pitchfork in hand. I want to try and pin it back to the ground. It seems to be working. I'll just hold it down. You kill it. Uh, oh, so I like this tactic. I like this tactic. This is great. <laughs> so um, I have a talent here uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to use my maneuver to activate. I'm spend three strain and activate easy prey. Ooh. And so if Talk I can me. immobilize it again, then everybody will get two boost dice to attack it. Ooh. Nice. And another uh, boost die, because if you mobilize it now, it won't be able to get up. Darn it. <laughs> I so, hate those big farmers, man, coming into my cave. <laughs> um, so does it have defense now? It does have defensive too. Actually, you know what? You guys have sliced a couple of its tentacles. Um, you know what? I'm gonna reduce the I'm gonna reduce the defense by one. So it's it's got a defensive one. Okay. I'll be uh, spending one of my one of those player story points because Hootie. Hootie Big Amos he really really <laughs> wants this monster that's right and you know what I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to spend one too because it likes the smell of farmer at night <laughs> okay <laughs> you smell right. it, it can see it can only tell where people are by their smell and you smell the worst so 
sorry. <laughs> oh you smell the best. <laughs> okay, yeah, so it'll be a, depending on the person. Wow. One upgrade okay. for adversary. You got that right? Or uh, yeah. A second so one. I, I rolled three yellow, two green, uh, two boost dice, two challenge dice, and two setback dice. Yep. And um, it ended up being mm-hmm. two successes, four advantage. And another triumph. What the hell? Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to crit it. Incidental okay. to immobilize it. Nice. And the crit will be increased with triumph. Okay. Um, and then how, how much damage? Oh, damage is 10. Damage is 10. Okay. Need to add that. Tick that up. Woo-hoo. So it's All got right. three crits. It has three crits going to be a so far fourth. this fish is so i'm adding plus 60 percent to this roll oh hey this okay then and you wounded it so all right let's do 94. it 94 so oh, uh, that? that would that's be 154 90. oh is that auto death <laughs> that's, oh, yeah that's, that's over dead. the chart that's dead okay talk to me <laughs> narrate it what does this look like how does how do you kill it what does it look like just sheer strength. He just leans in with his pitchfork and leaning in, leaning in, and sees it just impaling it on the floor. And nice. uh, it just pops. It explodes brain, all yeah. over everywhere. <laughs> so Directly in the face of the, the screeching human and uh, <laughs> right in trapped chest. inside the creature, right? That's right. Yeah, there you go. Because its face was like right in its chest as this... Yeah. <laughs> as this this Lilith abomination from the Lilith essence had transformed this poor farmer into this flare monstrosity. Wow. <laughs> if you wondered how do you make a peasant hero, that's how you make a peasant hero. <laughs> just, just a dude, his ox, and his pitchfork yeah. <laughs> obliterating monster. Which, which reminds me, with the archetype that you created for uh, commoners was, was pretty good, the special ability. Yep. Uh, it creates a story point just for the players. That's great. Oh, <laughs> one time use, and then it goes away. <laughs> and by the way, the the constant flailing. Why I wanted the two the, the two threat was it inflicts a wound automatically right. on whoever rolls two two threat. Okay. And if a tentacle inflicts a wound, it poisons you. Ah. Resilience check: three wounds, three strain. So darn it, okay. darn it. It was a hard check too, but. But well, we really nailed it. No one receives actual wounds from, from the thing, right? No, no. no. I, I suffered mean, strain because of my talents. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I parried the, uh, his attack. So You guys, you guys hurt yourself. We I it. didn't hurt you guys. So <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was Holy that was fun. <laughs> I love this dice roller. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ever not using this thing again. <laughs> you know, I wish I had it. I had a dice pool of like twelve dice. That last pool I rolled almost twelve dice. That's oh, great. Wow. All right. Well, well, that's advantageous threats. Um, Guillaume, what'd you think of advantageous threats being a part of it? It was fun. It was fun, and actually playing in my own setting that was fun. It was brief, but that was super cool. Is this is this is this the first time you played in your setting? Yes, it's the first time I played in my setting. Awesome, like, nice. I've, I've just DM'd that GM that thing so far, so all right, that's well, cool. I hope I'm doing it justice. So this is the second time I've GM'd it. Pretty fun, actually. So far, so good. So um, <laughs> awesome. All right, well, hey, let's um, let's go home, everybody. Oh, wait a second. We kind of are, aren't we? Yeah, we're yeah. kind of forced supposed, to be. Supposed anyway. to be. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. All right, let's wrap it up.
All right, so that was our show, everyone. Thank you for joining us, and thank you, Guillaume, as well, for joining uh, our little uh, band of misfits. <laughs> thank you for having me. That's right. And um, just a little shout-out to other podcasts that are, or shows that are on the Nerds International Network with the hyphen. Um, this time, I'd like to... Once again, mention the uh, good buddy Matt Jones, Matthew Jones, with Imaginary Ramblings. He's been pro- prolific these uh, last couple of weeks, making uh, some short episodes of uh, this. This time it was like a four-parter of quarantined hedgehog zombies. <laughs> All right, well, for the win. Take a listen. Yeah, take a listen to that. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead, Matt. Come on, make more, more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Our um. Our Chris, next show, reminders? yeah, our next show is going to be our fifth setting spotlight, where we're going to be looking at the Age of Myth from the Expanded Players Guide. I am, I'm actually really interested in that. Um, I have some comments on it, and um, yeah, should be fun. Nice. Yep, that should be, be good fun. too. And Guillaume, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, thank you for having me. That was great. Yep. Cool. Cool. Hope you had a good time. What would you like to plug? What would you like to um, say out there, everybody, about your setting, about what's coming up, those kinds of things? If you got words. Uh, well, if you if you want, you can look at the um, at the skills guide also on the Foundry, which is uh, my my third document there, my third release, cool. and I'm pretty proud of it because since it's released back in January seventh, it's still the number one hottest Genesis Foundry title since then so i'm pretty proud of this awesome it's it's really great for every setting it's a generic supplement giving you guidelines on how to use skills uh, it suggests difficulties modifiers how to spend symbols for all the skills and all the ways you can use these skills so yeah it's a great supplement so if you don't sometimes have it check it out uses. yeah sometimes different uses for the skills outside the box yeah very yeah. spiffy piece of work worth every mm. penny Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I snagged that when it first came out myself. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tony, how about some contact info? Yeah, so if you want to reach out to us and uh, cuss us out for calling you a bunch of losers that didn't write us any, but uh, in the first place, <laughs> um, that would be at finding the narrative podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go over to Facebook and yell at me and Stefan uh, at finding the narrative on Facebook. Uh, if you want to just yell at Stefan in French, English, whichever, uh, Twitter, that would be at FTN underscore Genesis. In Espanol, too. I'm trying to practice. All right. Cool. <laughs> there you go. It's trilingual. And then, uh, of course, tell your friends, family, listen to us, find the Narrative Podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Play, Spotify, and more. Really? We're on more? Oh, yeah. We're on, we're on, we're on iHeartRadio, but they suck. They don't have all our episodes <laughs> up there. I don't know what the hell you guys are doing with our feed. You saw that. So uh, everybody else says thank you for coming on. Guillaume, I'm going to thank you for coming on, and I'm going to ask you: Do you have a tagline you want to say here at the end? Uh, on top of my head, I say uh, "Game on" and keep an eye on your strain. Really. <laughs> awesome! Okay. I like that. <laughs> uh, this is Tony saying, "Spend a story point, and let's tell a great story." And this is Stefan saying, "Dare to ask for those boost dice." And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool. Don't let big-ass farmers into your cave, but just have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for joining us, Guillaume. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Au revoir.
Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast, copyright 2020, all rights reserved.